Thanks for engaging with the Open Life Talks today where we believe that true life and peace of mind comes through a growing relationship with Jesus. We want to let you know that we are in the midst of a series called Ready Enough and we understand that every next step with God is going to be involving some risk and some oftentimes we might say, you know, we're not ready to do that. Well, we believe that you are. You're always ready enough when you got the Holy Spirit and the power of God behind you. And so we hope that you are encouraged and challenged by today's talk in our series Ready Enough. Well, welcome today. Um, glad that you're able to make it. And we're talking in this series about the reality that we're never 100% ready. And the challenge to us is if we're ever going to do something that is going to really matter in this life, eventually we're going to have to step out in faith and say, okay, I'm ready enough. I mean, and that for, uh, for you, that might be you're going to, you, you're more apt to want to be ready and then set and then go. But what if God would encourage us to be even more whimsical, if you will, and go set ready? That's what we're kind of looking about in this series, unpacking. And today specifically, we're going to look at being set what does it mean to be set? And I don't know if you've ever been talking to each other and, and you're getting ready to do something, whatever it is, and you're like, hey, you ready to go? And the response is, all set. I don't know if anybody says that in the room. Hey, is dinner ready? All set. Uh, time to go to soccer. All set. More that's like, get your shoes on. Where's your shin pads? Where's your water bottle? Oh, is that maybe just our house? Uh, are you ready? All set. What is that? We're getting towards Thanksgiving and in the Huff home. That means we're going to invite over a chunk of people. We're going to set a couple tables up really long wise and uh, uh, a bunch of tables around there. And, and we're going to uh, get ready for Thanksgiving. The table runners, tablecloths, and we're going to set the Thanksgiving table. And the kids love this. Um, and they get, it's like they want to do it earlier and earlier. And, and, you know, pull out the china and the fancy silverware and stemmed glasses. And they're getting everything ready and set for Thanksgiving. You know when it's all out there and you can kind of go, ah, you know, we're ready to now prepare the meal because it's, it's set. And... So we relax, the meal starts to go, you know, I can almost smell the food, the rolls, the homemade rolls we fight over and eat so many of, um, pumpkin pie, an unfortunate probably 10 new episodes of some movies on Hallmark, the battle begins, football or Hallmark, two guys, four girls in our house, you know who wins, anyway, um, that's why we can stream TV now. But moving on, we look at this reality of the season, and we love getting set for it. I don't know if you're like me, and every once in a while you just veg out. Anybody love to just veg? And if you're vegging using the TV, channel, 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 every once in a while you land on an infomercial. You ever land on an infomercial, sucks you in, and you're just like, Really? Is that real? Does that really work as seen on TV? You know? And, and you begin to watch it a little bit. 
And, and if you're thinking infomercials and lines that stick, there can be no other line better than the Ron Popeil's Ronco Rotisserie. Huh? The Ronco Rotisserie. Stick that blade, those blade sticky things and crank it onto the meat. You put it in the rotisserie and you set it and... Come on, somebody's with me today. I love it. Everything we cook with a timer, you set it and forget it, right? But somehow they did this simplifying of their communication to just make it stick in people's minds. So when you hear set it and the whole crowd goes, and forget it, then you're like, oh, I gotta have me that rotisserie, right? It's just like anything else. It's so funny. But they coined this phrase and it sticks that. What in the world does this have to do with the Bible, right? Um, what does this have to do with being ready enough? Well, before you're ready, oftentimes, you need to be set. And what it looks like to be set, and when it's, when it's time to be set, and we take the time to be set, if we build habits in our faith, if we build like strength and depth to our faith, then all of a sudden our faith can work without us putting a ton of conscious, consistent effort to us. It's like we said it. We could go on through our day, and unfortunately sometimes we forget it. So we have this challenge. We want to set it and forget it in a way that it's just habit that we share our story or our faith. I remember the last time we were in Sarabaya, Indonesia, and I had an invite in my pocket from their church. I grabbed off their connect table. They had invites. I figured I'm supposed to hand them out, right? I'm in a country that doesn't necessarily like you to hand out invites to churches. But anyway, I uh, was going to anyway because I'm just a, the American dude. So we're going out and eating at places, and we're at this place eating this thing called tissue. All the people serving were, like, up to here on me. It was crazy. I felt like a giant in this place, not because of the roundness, but the height. Guys, anyway. Um, so I was enjoying this meal, and, and uh, they were like, Who, where are you guys from? What are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm speaking here. And I handed them this invite to ICA Servaya, and and I remember our host that brought us to this place to eat this dessert called tissue said, oh, that's so bold. I was like, what? What was bold? You invited them to church. I was like, well, you, the church printed invites. Like, isn't that what you're supposed to do with these, right? We, we put them in our worship guides and you know, they're, they're back there at the table. It's like, isn't that what we're supposed to do? Is it makes it easier to invite. It's like a help. And she's like, oh, but that's bold. And I was like, you know, for me, it's like habit. It's like something that was set in me as a discipline a while back, and I just, I set it and forget it. It's like, on, it's automatic. What does it take to get to that? Discipline. It takes time. How can we set the moments God would bring our way in our lives for others and just be set so that God sees and goes, they're ready, right? That's what we're looking at.
today? How can God use us? How can we be set for that moment to connect with God or each other? How can we be set for that moment to serve God or serve others? How can we be set in that moment to share our time, talent, and treasures with God and each other? If we're available, if we're ready for that, some incredible things are going to happen. And there's a couple passages that talk about it. Colossians 2, 6 through 10 says this. And now, just as you accepted Christ as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. How many people know they can fill in some of the blanks already, right? On your handout if you're following along. It continues. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thanksgiving. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who's the head over every ruler and authority. Christ above all, in all, through all, right? This is powerful. Peter also writes under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in 2 Peter 1, 3 through 11, even more details of, of how we can be set. He says this, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him. The one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. We, we corrupt even the very things God has shared us, don't we? We want to make it fit us instead of us fitting God's guidance. It continues. In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence, moral excellence with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, Self-control with patient endurance, patient endurance with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for everyone. Not just those that are easy to love, not just those that are close, you know, everybody, everybody. Verse 8, the more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting what they have been cleansed from their old sins. So, dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. Do these things and you will never fall away. Then God will give you a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Two segment, uh, segments of verses from the Bible, written by those who followed Jesus, that the Holy Spirit spoke through 
to talk to us through the scriptures and encourage us how to be set. So much in these two verses that speak life to us. They help us be ready in a world that feels like it's not ready enough and tells us a lot of times we're not ready enough. But here's the big idea today. God has given us everything we need. That's the gift of a Bible. Like, like in the Bible, there's just so much life. We have this treasure in our possession on our phone. Download the Bible app called YouVersion. You can read it anytime, any day, grow in your relationship with Jesus on the go, right? And, and now you just have all this access. It's incredible. What a gift. He's given us everything we need. And as we draw closer to 2019, I want to let you in on a little thought pattern that we're having, even as we look at, like the future, saying one of the things God's stirring, just stirring up in us, is this sense that it's a great season in our life to spend more time looking at these spiritual disciplines. It just sounds like one of those weird subjects, but in reality, if we strengthen these things, spiritual disciplines, like the list here, and there's no spot in the Bible that says these are the blank number of spiritual disciplines. If you practice, you will be set and ready to do whatever God puts in your path. But looking throughout all of the text and the challenges God gives us to apply, man, we've been given everything we need Ultimately, by coming to know Jesus, but then we're encouraged to supplement our faith here. Other translations would say, add to your faith. We're not adding to the scriptures. We're adding to our faith. We're saved by putting our faith in Jesus alone, but that's not enough. Now it's time to grow up in our faith is what God is challenging us to do. That's what will give us this understanding that, man, I am set for whatever God challenges me to do. I'm set to where the next opportunity that comes, I could say I'm ready, not, well, I'm going to pray about it because I'm not ready enough. So many things we could list, but we're going to hit three thoughts today that maybe will help us set it and forget it. Like put ourselves in some auto-healthy motion forward in our faith. Repetitions that we do every day. It was funny last night. We were getting in the car after a wedding. One of our daughters is on 364. Today is 365 days straight reading your Bible on version. Keeps track how many days in a row. She is the winner in our household right now. I'll let you know. I'll confess. Um, and so... She, all, it was like 11, it was late, and she's like, oh, my Bible, you know, a discipline, like, kicks in while we're in the car. It was pretty cool. But there's this challenge in us. What kind of motion, what kind of repeat muscle memory are we building within our faith? So here's three thoughts, and, and, and the first one's, well, we'll hit it. I'll just list it. Come to know Jesus. That's the first thought. Well, that's, come on, Thad. That's a given. Is it really? 
I mean, I would hope if we're actually being so bold as to invite people to church or invite people to a group or invite people to an opportunity we have to serve in the community alongside with us, there should always be in the room somebody who's yet to come to know Jesus. Yeah, maybe being open, maybe being interested, but coming to know Jesus, we can't assume everybody who walks into a church or into a small group within a church is at a place where they know Jesus. It just, it takes time. Um, it takes time to know the Jesus as described in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels in the New Testament of the Bible, that to the God of of all that gave us his one and only son. It takes time to figure that out and kind of move beyond spirituality to actually worshiping the son of God and saying, okay, this dude is my Lord and Savior, and I'm going to now grow in a relationship with him. I'm going to supplement my faith. I'm going to add to my faith. Colossians says it this way that we just read, accept Jesus as your Lord and continue to follow him. That's why we say we, when we make a decision to give our life to Jesus and to invite Jesus into our life, we just simplify it and say, choose to follow Jesus. Choose to follow Jesus. We need to get to this point and not take for granted that the person right next to us, even after being here for months, is at that point. I sat in church for six months, really confused as to how to progress and grow and, and understand this thing my life was all of a sudden opened up to when I was 21 years old. I was just like, what is this? They're, why are they singing about a lamb? You know, they, there's, sometimes worship songs have weird language, and if you don't know it, you're confused, and you're just kind of going, what are we talking about here? You know, and, and so six months of that before I finally, like, my heart was just ripped open, and I was like, okay, I need this Jesus. We've got to allow people's faith journey to progress right alongside of us and love everyone while they're on that journey. But there's this moment that people grow. You know, maybe, maybe the journey looks like they're inspired by something in your life, or maybe they're confused by you. I'm confused. I've been told that. I don't know if you've ever been told that. That, I'm confused. Like, what is your church all about? I'm confused by you because you're like, you're normal. What does that mean when somebody says that? I'm like, who have you been around that like wasn't normal that blamed it on Jesus, right? And so it's just like, that's not an excuse. They should be normal. But it's just, how do we love people well enough that it just confuses or inspires those around us? Just that pure, unconditional love Jesus showed each of us. They're like, something's different. You know, so that's probably how it begins for most people. Maybe they, you're their neighbor. They know you at work. They teach your kids. They... Um, you know, they commute with you, and they're like, man, you don't get mad at people when they steal your seat. I've noticed that you tip more than others. Why are you so generous? I've noticed that you're more gracious to others. What is this? And so they inquire. They become open due to that and begin allowing themselves 
to glean a little bit of, of understanding. And if hopefully we're in tune with that journey in people's lives around us and we kind of recognize our blast radius, then we can go, hey, you should join me. You know, life has a way of overwhelming us, but we found a way to true life and peace of mind through a growing relationship with Jesus. Would you come with me to open life? This is just, I want you to grow. And so uh, they come. They find themselves beginning to see this power and that there's multiple normal people growing in a relationship with Jesus. And they're like, something about this is powerful. And at some point, like me, took six months, they realize, I don't have this in my life, and I want this in my life, and I want to figure this thing out, so I'm going to say yes to Jesus. I'm going to choose to follow Jesus. And I pray that everyone gets to that moment, because it's at that intersection of our life that what Second Peter talks about there, his divine power comes to life in us. It's beyond us. We stop living according to our strength and our hope in us and start living according to, like, God's hope. He's in charge of everything. Worry subsides. Peace increases. Hope goes off the chart. And we can endure things we couldn't before. It's when we begin to be ready for thought, too, which Colossians shared, grow your roots into him. Grow your roots into him. So we have to come to Jesus, but then the work begins, right? It's like planting a seed. we got to grow our roots into him. You could geek out on this study. I almost did, and then I was like, oh, wait, it's donut day. I have to end the talk earlier than normal. But photosynthesis, right? If you start to think about a seed and growing roots, you got to start doing some Googling. So I Googled. And started reading about this. And I loved this little segment of, uh, I don't know, some website on photosynthesis. It said this. It said, each plant contains, if I can read for a second, reverse. Now I'm ready. Each plant contains a branched system of tubes called xylem. Anybody learning anything today, right? Xylem. Uh, which is responsible for water transport from the roots where it's taken up to the leaves where it's used in photosynthesis. Water flows up from the roots through the trunk and branches to the leaves where it is used in photosynthesis. Without the root... There is no fruit. If you remember anything today, right there. Without the root, there is no fruit. Here's how Jesus said it. Jesus himself, the Son of God, was challenging his disciples. And he says in verse 5 of John 15, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them, right? There's this thing with water photosynthesis happening will produce much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. When we grow our roots into Jesus, we can bear incredible fruit way beyond our power, way beyond our positive attitude, way beyond our charisma, way beyond 
all that we've learned in the educational system. Like we can all of a sudden watch fruit happen that just, you're like, where did this come from? We've got a grape tree in our backyard. It went from producing zilch last year to producing more grapes than we've eaten in one year. How did this happen? Roots. Roots. The deeper those roots go, the more health is flowing up. One of the commentaries I was reading about this said, the secret of a godly life. Ooh, yeah, I'm listening. I'm ready for the secret, right? It says this. Source and sustenance planted, not self-sown, not dropped into its place by chance. Planted by God's own hand. Referring back to James 1.18. By the waters, drawing life and freshness from an unfailing source, as the Old Testament talks about, and we just preached on Ezekiel 47 not long ago. Some lives that make a fair show are like trees whose roots run near the surface. The storm uproots them. The soul rooted in Christ is as the pine, sending down so strong a taproot that the avalanche may break the trunk but cannot uproot it. That's what Jesus is challenging us with. Grow such a deep root. Not just, okay, I've got the feels of the church. I'm kind of getting my roots on the surface. But no, what if we grow deep in our faith? What's going to knock us down? You could break me, but I will not fall over. Right? It's like, how do we get that deep root? By supplementing our faith. That's the challenge we have. We could be set with this taproot. Add to your faith, right? And then Peter lists these things. He says, grow your knowledge in the word of God, self-control, patient endurance, godliness. And these lists, which we could study forever and do an entire series on each, are basically spiritual disciplines. And that's where we're like, man, we really should spend some time in these because these are cool. John Ordberg says, practices such as reading scripture and praying are important not because they prove low or prove how spiritual we are but because god can use them to lead us into life it's like through spending time in scripture and spending time praying we all of a sudden get to this place where we can experience life to the full that we've never experienced before because we were set we were set because of the root. What are some of these spiritual disciplines we talk of that are like listed here? You know, there's a bunch of different books that share and, and we're in the process of gleaning some of these and like, oh, how do these words line up with what we're doing? You know, some of them say a spiritual discipline is chastity and I'm like, that sounds dangerously weird, you know? And then, you know, but, but here's a few that I grabbed from uh, one of the, the sites and, and uh, it said one of the things we need is meditation in our life. Not maybe what you're thinking. Not uh, this is time spent dwelling on the words we have read within the Bible. And then literally waiting until we hear God's leading. Simply put, it's hearing God's voice and obeying his word. 
Meditation. Not trying to find ourselves in empty thought or emptiness, but getting into God's thought in his direction. That's a spiritual discipline. Another spiritual discipline, which John Arkberg referred to, is prayer. One of the least practices but most powerful things followers of Jesus could grow in. The ability to pray for others. And it moves people when you pray for others. And you don't have to be a pastor to pray for others. You don't have to be an elder or a deacon of a church to pray for others. I commission all of you. If you know Jesus, pray for somebody. In fact, pray for them when they're in need. When they go to the doctor, or when, they're, when they're going in for a surgery, if you show up at their bedside and pray for them, it will change their life. It'll give them hope and peace through your faith. Be there in times of need in people's lives. It's powerful. It's interacting with God on somebody else's behalf. Together. It's powerful. Rarely, rarely has anyone ever told me when I ask, can I pray for you? Have they said, no. But when they have, I've said, well, I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> hey, can I pray for you? No, I don't believe in prayer. Well, that's okay. I do. Let's pray. Lord, and then they don't stop you. They might look awkward and keep their eyes open and think that lightning's going to strike, but it never does yet. So what about fasting? There's this thing in the Bible all over the place and all kinds of different fasts. And fasting is basically denying our body of sustenance, food, for the sake of a spiritual purpose. I'm going to fast for direction and pray that God will share, should I accept this job or should I not? And so I'm going to go without a meal or maybe not eat for a day. Or maybe I'm going to do a 21-day Daniel fast. Or there's all kinds of fasts and you need to do your homework and make sure you're not like going to kill yourself. But, uh, you know, if you're going, I'm in a 40-day fast. Don't just do that on a whim. You might die. So uh, you, you do have to use wisdom, and we can send you resources if you have questions on it. But it's skipping. It's not just skipping a meal. It's replacing the time you would be eating to have time with God, to read the Word, and to pray for a purpose, whatever it is. Maybe you're praying for somebody who needs healing, or you're praying for somebody who's addicted to drugs, and you want to help just break that chain that is on them. Knowledge is another one, or some might call it study. It's, that, it's what Peter's talking about. Grow to your faith knowledge. Like, like, we need to read the Word so regularly that it becomes stashed in the old noggin so that eventually the knowledge can get from here to here. Experiencing what we read. Margin or simplicity. Margin is this thing that allows us to be disciplined and live within means that allow us to be generous to the world around us. But if we make choices to exceed that or we hoard our margin for us just in case instead of giving it up to the Lord and living with an open hand, we rob ourselves of life. We're not set any longer. We think, I'm going to keep this. It's God's. I'm going to keep this. It's God's, but I'm going to keep it. I want to be in control of it. I believe it's God's, but I'm, instead of just like, no, 
I'm not, it's all God's. And he's allowing me to use it. We just, margin allows us to be generous. The spiritual discipline of solitude. There's a word you don't, hey, what you really need is some more solitude, bro. You don't hear that ever. I don't think ever. But it's, uh, the experience of solitude varies widely, but it's, it's taking advantage of, like, quietness, getting away. I love, we talked a couple of weeks about your dreams, our dreams, and dreams intersecting, and, and thinking about spiritual disciplines, and then having someone call me up and say, hey, I've been having this thought that we should do this trip where guys would just backpack out into the backcountry, and get away and spend a day fasting and a day in solitude. And I'm like, what? Are you reading my notes, right? (laughs) I was like, Joe, are you reading my notes? Are you kidding? Are you sneaking into our communication team meeting? Because we've been talking about this. But it's like when God's bringing dreams up in each other's lives and just making us realize, and this busy, always connected. I'm getting text messages while I'm preaching, giving me like, Thad, you have sweat on your back. Yeah, I perspire. It's awesome. That's what happens, you know. It's like you try not to let it distract you, but in case there's an emergency, it's there. There's times we just have to disconnect, right? There's times we have to just go, okay, I'm God's for a week. Lord, here I am. Use me. Solitude. Service. Right? Service is that that servant spirit, servant leadership that so many of us want to pour into others. But even talking about a a, a child leadership team in an elementary school and just longing for teaching kids what it is to serve. I love having these conversations with people that are working to lead others out in community and, and, and this desire and hunger for servanthood. How do we bring up servant leaders that would sacrifice, lay down little mini sacrifices, deaths to self, moment after moment, to lift others up who need help? Spiritual discipline is sacrifice. It's one of those where, man, I'm going to inconvenience myself for others. The list is crazy, right? We read throughout Scripture. Confession, the discipline of confession, not just to God. God, I confess I just made a mistake, but to each other. Those who are in re-engaged are working on that right now in their marriage. Confession, where we experience the grace and mercy of God for the healing of sins when we pray for each other and confess our sins and what we're wrestling with with each other. Great environments for that. In fact, one of those environments, those, the ladies have more environments than the guys do right now. And we want to fix that. We want to, we want to do something for men. So if anybody's like, yes, I'm about a, like a men's thing, um, we're working on that. Because the ladies have like their, their, their ladies hang out in the morning that starts this week on Thursday. And then they have a ladies night out. And it's like, we need some man stuff. Let's build a fire or a spit or something, you know. So... Let's do this and talk life. Because we do need that environment where I can say, dude, this part of the world I live in right now is pulling me in. And I need accountability. Confession. Worship. Luckily, we have incredible opportunities to worship in the world we live in today. But worship is more than singing, be it an acoustic set, being at a big coliseum. I feel like there's an incredible worship team traveling through town every week. (laughs) You could go worship and and pay a lot of money to do it. But 
Worship is a lifestyle. What does worship as an offering to God look like? Like a life offered to God, guided by the Holy Spirit. Next spiritual discipline, guidance. People who are followers of Christ and and, and then, you know, they're just guided by Jesus. Wow, the discipline of guidance. Lord, do you want me to go here? Yes, okay, I'm going to follow your ways. I'm going to seek the will of God for my life. The final one I'll hit on is celebration. Right? It's that I am going to celebrate. I am going to jump and leap and praise God, Acts 3, 8 says. Jumping and leaping and praising God as man was healed. You'll overflow with thanks, thankfulness, Colossians 2, 7, when we read at the opening. See what I'm saying? Some of those things, yeah, I don't practice a lot of those, and I need to grow in those disciplines. As we grow stuff like the list in 2 Peter, as we grow stuff like a spiritual discipline like that in our life, we're more set, aren't we? Now, I don't intend for you to memorize that list. We're going to bring them up this next year and hone in on them. But just to let you know, that's one of the things that preps us to be set, is disciplining our faith. Final thought, we need to build our lives on him. Build your lives on him, thought three. Luke 6, 47 and 48 say, I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. It's like a person building a house who digs deep, lays the foundation on solid rock, and when the floodwaters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it's well built, right? Kind of like a plant with a deep tap root, right? Its roots are deep. Its foundation is deep. Build on Jesus. That's what we're being challenged to do. And that's where Second Peter would say, then we'll be productive and useful and full of love, brotherly kindness. These things well up out of the root and the foundation that's built on Jesus. We have the opportunity to take that out in community, and that's when people notice. They're like, man, you're, you're really nice. Rooted in Jesus. Built on Jesus. Foundation strong. Some might look and go, well, man, you serve, so like, why do you do this? Rooted in Jesus. Built on Jesus. He demonstrated it. He served me. I serve others. We have so many opportunities. We have plenty in just these two scriptures in Colossians and 2 Peter to set it, to be set. So that when we're at a coffee shop and we look across the room and someone's got that blank stare of need and you just feel in your heart, man, just go. Encourage that person. You won't go, I'm not that bold. You won't say, oh, I'm not ready enough. You won't say, is that, that somebody else is stronger, they'll do it. No, you'll go, I'm set for this moment. And you'll walk across the room and you'll say, hey, is everything okay? I just wanted to let you know that I'll be praying for you. What's your name? And that's all. It's, like, it's not bold. I mean, it is kind of bold. But it's simple. But it comes out of a life that's set.
So our action thought for you today is grow and build daily so that you'll be set. You have everything you need. <laughs> if you grow and build in Jesus, on Jesus, every day, you'll be set. You'll be set tomorrow. Trust him for the foundation you need for readiness. I want to pray. And today, some of you maybe need to cross that line of, of faith. You're saying, okay, I'm going to start where the divine power intersects my life. And that's by making a decision to follow Jesus. I want to invite Jesus into my life today. Awesome. We'll pray for that. Others of you are like, I need to dig this root a little deeper because I'm right on the surface of this thing called following Jesus. And I get it. I need some discipline. I need to start reading my Bible or praying, spending some time alone with God in solitude, whatever your next step is there. And then build that sucker. Start to love people. Build your life on Jesus and watch life to the full just flood in. God, I thank you. I thank you for your word that just gives us so many challenges. But really, you want us to be able to set it and forget it in our faith. You want us to be able to be set. So when we leave the door in the morning, when we go out into community, there's a set people. There's a people set and ready for whatever you bring our way so that we can be life givers to others in the community. That there would not be people walking around that don't know if they're loved or not. That there would be such a genuine presence of people who care and are ready to be your hands extended in the community. And God, I know some walk into this room every week that are on the journey that's pre-making a decision to follow you. I love that. And that's fine. But God, I pray right now, if somebody is in this room and they're at that place and they're like, okay, my life is about to intersect with divine power. I want to choose to follow Jesus. God, would you bring them in today? May they simply say, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and Savior. I want to follow you. And as we just learned today, I want to grow in my relationship with you. You got to pray that you would help all of us grow. That we would grow the roots in you. That they would go deep. And that we would build on you as our foundation in our life. Use our lives for your glory, Lord God. We're here, we're ready, we're available in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you tell us what's going on in your life on the back of that Connect card you've pulled out earlier when the video showed? Hopefully you pulled it out, filled it out. Give us at least your name and email. Just let us know what Jesus is stirring in your life. If you chose to follow Jesus, we want to follow up and equip you to grow like now. We'll get a hold of you tomorrow. I pray that, that you would strengthen your faith, supplement your faith. We want to fan it into flame and watch God do incredible things in this community through you. We're going to eat donuts in a second, but first the worship team is going to worship. And during this, I want you to consider, God, what are you stirring up in me? What are you getting me set and ready for? Open your lives up to him and let him speak to you. Thanks once again for listening to today's talk in our series, Ready Enough. 
If you would like to uh, connect with us and engage with us, you can fill out a connect card by clicking the button below if you're listening online or watching online or using the Open Life Church app. Or you can always go to bit.ly slash olconnect to fill out a connect card there. And the staff and prayer team of Open Life would love to pray with any prayer requests that you have and you can fill that out on there as well. Well, we hope you have a great rest of your day and an incredible week. And then just want to remind you, we meet at Bonnie Lake High School each and every Sunday at 10 a.m. And so if you've never been to Open Life before, we'd love to see you on a Sunday morning. And so we hope you have a good one. Thanks again.